welcome in for another edition of Think and Grow with Dr. Z and Professor Pete. Today we are super fortunate to have with us author Rex Stevens. He's going to be talking. This is a booking it segment, right? We got all these different segments, you guys. And he's going to be talking all about his book. Rex. Hold it up there for us, Rex. Rex Life on your terms. Rex. Start yes. win, is it start winning life on your terms? Or is it's it life on your terms. Create the life you want by me, Rex Steven Sykes. Rex Steven Okay, Sykes. so it's life on your terms, not start winning life on. Okay, got no, it. No, it's just start winning is at the top. Yeah, that's awesome. That's... Start winning because your book, Rex, I've gone through and read it. I've highlighted a lot of stuff because that's what I do. I highlight stuff. And there's a ton of things in there that I went ahead and highlighted. And I like that you've initiated repetition is the mother of skill. Do you want to go in and start telling us about the book? Do you want to give us your acting? You're an actor and you're this and you're that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get cooking here? All right. Okay. So I am an actor and a filmmaker and <laughs> movies and TV and, 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 and live, you know, streaming. I'm a TV host, a podcast host. I've been a host of lots of film festivals and, and different shows. And uh, I'm an author, a speaker, a trainer, a presenter. And the book that I wrote, uh, Life on Your Terms, Create the Life That You Want, is is essentially a step-by-step discovery process where I guide people through simple uh, principles and practices that you can put or implement you know, immediately, bit by bit, uh, and, and claim back your life and get the kind of results that you want. A lot of people are stuck and they don't know how to get unstuck or they say, I have these limitations or these problems so they want to overcome them. Well, that's part of what the book is about. And the other part of the book is about thriving and, and doing mm-hmm. really well and living the kind of life and creating the kind of life that you want to have. And uh, my news is this, you, you are infinite potential, your infinite possibilities and your infinite resourcefulness. And most people live far beneath that and don't understand how and they go, you know, I'm trying the law of attraction and I can't make it work. And I don't, well, it's always working. You're just yeah. not aiming it in the right way or directing it in the right way. And I show you how to do that in the book. So um, it's, it's like a, a, a roadmap for success, a blueprint, uh, you know, a process, a procedure that you can use. And uh, it is definitely been meant, meant to study, not just read like a novel. Totally. Yeah. Like I said, <clears throat> excuse me. I went through the whole book and we have it here on the Kindle. Yes, we do have it. I don't know how well you can see it, but we've got it on the Kindle and I've gone through and I've highlighted a lot of stuff that, you know, you focus, what you focus on is what you get is one of your statements in this book, which is so true. That's what I love about it. So tell us more. Well, I started, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a mystic. I was about six years old and I had been raised Catholic and I saw priest with all the pomp and circumstance and it was in Latin and nobody understood anything. And so it was like, wow, there's some mystical connection with God. I wanted to be a mystic and I also wanted to be an actor and uh, two things I've accomplished in my life. But I asked my mom to read books to me and we had things like Khalil Gibran, the Bhagavad Gita, Napoleon Hill and uh, Magic of Believing and other kinds of books. And so she started reading those and we did this a, a daily or a nightly kind of reading rather. And uh, around the age of 11, um, I started reading, you know, Think and Grow Rich on my own. I've been reading it every day of my life with the exception of maybe about a year and a half. Wow. And as well as some other books. And uh, I teach it. I made a study of it. I teach the principles of Napoleon Hill and have, I've got a book study going right now. I'm starting another one shortly. 
which is a deep dive into the principles, again, and practices, the methods that you can use to, to change your life, to, to the, the first and foremost thing that people need to do is learn how to direct their focus and to stay focused. Uh, many people are scattered. They try things and they quit, they give up and they don't learn how to, to do anything really well. If yeah. you wanted to be a juggler, for example, you have to keep juggling until you get really good at it or until you go as far as you can go or want to go. But if you become a juggler or a, a pianist or anything, you know, it's a lifelong process. It doesn't end. It just, right. you get to a point where it becomes natural habit for you. And then you continue to excel as long as you stick with it. Like bike riding. You can, if you, once you know how to ride a bike, you can hop on a bike at any time in your life. If, even if you've been ridden for 40 years and you can pretty much ride it, it might be a little shaky at first, but after a while, you know, a short while, you'll be right back where you were. But if you want to be a, a master bike rider, you just keep doing it for your life. So my goal has been to help people connect with their resources, their opportunities and possibilities and, and make their lives what they want. And, and that came from my life and the different things that I, we don't need to go in here. It's in the book, and, but um, it's a very practical how-to book for how do you manifest. And here's the thing. If you yeah. want to manifest, you need to become the kind of person for whom manifesting is easy. It's be, do, have, not have, do, be, or not do, have, and be. And what a lot of the self-help people today want you to do is to work really hard, struggle a lot, and sacrifice and risk and take all these, you know, and, and that's not that's not the formula. The formula in nature is a law of conservation, a law of least energy, meaning it uses the least amount of things that streamlines so that you don't have to keep learning things over and over again. And once you've learned them, they become habits so you want to learn good habits, not the bad habits, which most of us grew up with. And those bad habits we grew up with can be transformed and changed into good habits, but they're all useful in some context. So it's preserving all of the good and, and adding to that. Yeah. But the very first thing, you know, the, and there's a, a saying out there, and I've changed it just a little bit. Mm -hmm. They say the journey of a thousand steps, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the, the first step. Right. And I disagree. The journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step here. You have to decide to go on the journey. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't start on the ground. And a lot of people have you on the ground. They go, if you work harder and sacrifice and give up your family time, your leisure time, your income, your this, that, and the other, then you'll be able to work and do enough to get what you want to have so that you can become important or become happy or become successful or become fulfilled. And it's really the other round. If you're happy, fulfilled, and successful, you'll do all the right things that get you all the things that you want to have. Well, that's interesting because you talk about beliefs and you say that beliefs and feelings matter. And I, so I like that you talk about beliefs and feelings. But in one section, you say we have supportive and non-supportive beliefs and the non-supportive beliefs are what keep a person stuck. And so I love that you say if we feel good and think positive, we are focused on our values, what we want. And then you say, if we feel less than glorious, I love how you say that, then we are focused on what we don't want. And I wanted to talk about values because sometimes when people feel stuck, I wanted to get your impression. I, when people feel stuck, often they don't know how to move towards their values. Yeah. But if you look at the things that they're already doing, because you say the way to get unstuck is, right, just move, do something. Take action take action. Right. So if you look at the things that people are already doing, even while they feel stuck, 
the things that they are doing are still related back to their 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 values. So I wanted to get your um, your idea about that in terms of being stuck. Well, they could be. I mean, in other words, the values. You know, a simple definition of values is is they are elements, for lack of a better term, because they're not things necessarily. They're mindsets. They're heart sets. They could be things. Like family. Family's not really a thing. We sometimes treat it like that, but you know, it's family. It's the importance of connection. It's the relationships that we have with our blood versus the relationships we have with people who are, you know, not related to us by blood. So oh, well, that's just a family thing. That's a family right. thing, Rex. <laughs> right. But but, the, but exactly. But the but the point being is is that is what you put your time, money, energy, and effort into attaining for yourself and or loved ones. So for some people, their greatest value might be money. They think, boy, if I just had enough money, then everything else would fall in place. For another, it might be family. I just love family. I love the connection. I love this. And if they just have that, you know, or it could be helping other people might be the most important thing. Or, as you know, it could be learning something. They could be learners. It could be freedom, you know. And so these are going to be expressed in different ways. Could be fun. Some people just want to have fun. The most yeah. important thing in their life is to have leisure time and fun and to be able to hang out. So that will all, and to the extent that they're successful in investing their time, money, and energy, and effort into making those occur the way they'd like them to occur, you know, you can say, well, they're doing right. Napoleon Hill had another way of putting it. He said, you have to have a definite chief aim or a purpose. Yeah. That certainly can be a value. But he said that, that it's not enough to just know what you want, because it's like, like you can't wish for money and get money. Money doesn't respond to wishes. It has to become a white hot obsession. You have to yeah. be, you know, your your own DNA, your every fiber and every muscle and every cell of your body has to be dedicated toward the accumulation and retention of money if you want to have money, is what he said. But that can be happiness, it could be spirituality, it could be relationships, it could be fun, it could be leisure, it could be any of the other values. For some people, their definite chief aim is getting a new house or having a different career or you know, getting a car or feeling important or accumulating power so that you can lord it over others or accumulating power so that they can govern their own life successfully. So it manifests in many different ways. Probably one of the, the more important questions a person can ask themselves is what, what's important to me? And then what's important to me about that? And then what's important to me about that? Or why is that important to me? Because as they go through that process, they'll get more and more clarity about what it is because it's like there's a ladder almost. Some values are down here and some are in the middle and some are at the top. And so, yeah. and then some people talk about this notion of core values. And, yeah. You know, you can get to the point where you, you know, you, it's like alphabet soup. You've got just too many things in there and you can't really read any of them. You know, you're sitting there trying to be, um, you, you, distinctions are useful if they're small. It's kind of like if you have 112 ways of doing something, you're never going to do It's like your cable. Yeah. You got 400 channels, but you watch 10 maybe at the yeah, best. Right. And the 10, you watch, you know, three shows, you know, or something like that. So it's not the number of things that you have. It's the it's not the quantity. It's the quality. So yeah. so for anybody, you know, they can look into their values and what's truly important to them. And if they decide, again, the first the journey of a thousand miles begins with a decision. If they decide to be responsible and accountable and say, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm the one. The buck stops here. I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to do this and pursue this and, and I'm not going to quit because if you quit, you quit. If I want to be a juggler and I juggle and I go, oh, that's too hard. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm never going to be a juggler. Right. But if I keep doing it, eventually I'm going to drop the balls a lot less 
I'll still drop them. I mean, part of juggling is dropping balls. Right. You know, so if you know these kinds of things, you know, you're far ahead of the game. You don't want to put pressure on yourself in an unreasonable fashion, Mm -hmm. but you want to put enough positive stress on yourself that you keep moving forward positively, that you're, that you're drawn toward what it is that's important to you and pushed towards not having, if you don't have it, you're missing out. So it's really creating this kind of inner tension that gets you to move away from being stuck into what it is that you want that is fulfilling and understand that the way that you be fulfilled most is to start now assuming that you're fulfilled and then reverse engineer it. Yeah. 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 I want to touch on one thing early on, just at the end of chapter two here, you folded it. The question is more important than the answer. I think that is so important because when you start asking the best questions, the focus questions, when you dial it in, when you put yourself under that microscope, that's when you have an opportunity to really look at yourself. Like you said earlier, you're talking about take, be responsible, take responsibility, all these different things. But when you take an honest, hard look, and it may take, you know, having a coach like Dr. Z here or somebody else, like, you know, your courses that you offer, all these different things that are out there for us, that's when you really have a chance to get somewhere. But when you do that self-assessment, start asking those powerful questions, man, things are going to change. Well, I, I write about some of it in the book. I, I created something called uh, Directed Questions back in the early 80s. And and really what that was about was I discovered through a series of crises in my life. And I, I write about the crisis. Um, I, I actually locked myself in an apartment for a little over six weeks. And and during the first part, I used hypnosis, I used affirmations, I used you know visualization to try and you know figure out what was going on. And and I yeah. and, and I was going like, why did this happen to me? And why am I such a schmuck? And how come nothing ever works out right? And you know, how long is this going to take? And about three weeks into it, I realized I didn't want to know any of those answers. Mm. Yeah. I wanted to know how I could be better. What would what would make the difference? How soon I could get out and do the kinds of things I wanted to do and how life could be wonderful and grand again, as opposed to, you know, not. And mm-hmm. so I realized at a certain point that wh- how you ask, what you ask is crucial to what you get. Right. If I say, Hey, you know, where'd you get your shirt? You can tell me, you might know the answer. You can say, I don't remember, or it was a gift or, you know, and, and that's not yeah. really very useful. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're an answer. If I say, what's the capital of, you know, Wisconsin, you can go, and tell me the answer. That's not very useful. You got an answer and then the brain goes, okay, we're done. But if you ask a question, you don't know the answer to like, how much fun could I have today? You consciously can say, I'm not going to have any fun. I choose not to have fun. Nothing, no matter what comes along, I'm not going to have fun. Or you say, I'm going to have lots of fun. Or you say, I have no clue. But what you want to do is you want to aim your mind in a way that continues to work for you. For example, there's what's called the tip of the tongue phenomenon. And, and it uses what's called transderivational search, which means that the brain looks for stuff by association. So if you ask, why am I such an idiot? Your brain will say, well, because, you know, when you were four years old, you know, you stuck your head in the toaster. You, uh, <laughs> your parents weren't, you know, very good to you. You didn't go to the right schools. So you've never had the right breaks. And it'll just keep giving on and on and on bad answers. And for many people, that's what they do a lot of. And so it's it's harder for them to say, well, how come I'm so brilliant or how in how many different ways am I wonderful? Because yeah. they don't ask that question. They're so used to asking, 
Why am I an idiot? Why am I stupid? How come nothing works out? Why, wow. why, you know, how come I'm broke? I never have any money. When, 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 you know, so. Why am I such a loser? <laughs> well, right. But the more you do something, the more of a habit it becomes. So the more of a habit is the more natural, you know, it's in your comfort zone. It's in your wheelhouse. So, yeah. you know, you, you, it feels normal for you to do it. You do it without awareness. It's yeah. automatic and reliable. So when you in, when you start a new habit, it's going to seem uncomfortable. It's going to seem different. It's going to be awkward, just like when you started to ride a bike for the first time. It wasn't that easy. Or when you try and juggle, it's not that easy. Or when you tried to drive a car, it wasn't that easy. Or anything you really try and do, playing basketball or a sport or golfing isn't that easy at first. You know that's why the saying, you know, anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly to begin with, because it's going to be poor. You know, there is beginner's luck sometimes, but essentially, anyway, the point is this. You don't want to know the answer. You want to send your brain in a direction to pick up the kinds of different classes of experience and behaviors and feelings and things that will add to you, not give you an answer and then stop. So the tip of the tongue phenomenon is, you know, I go, oh, there's this musician. He does these corny songs. He's out there. He plays. Oh, God, I can't think of his name. What is it? He's got long hair. He's been doing this forever. Oh, Oh, you know, and I push it, I push it, I can't get it. So I go, you know what, forget, forget it, forget it. It'll come to me someday. And then it either comes in the next couple of minutes, the next couple of hours, or the next couple of days, whatever. But all of a sudden you go, oh, weird Al Yankovic. Oh my God, it was weird Al Yankovic. I oh God, yes. The brain drops it in. It's the same kind of thing. Like you go, where are my keys? Where are my keys? Where are my keys? And you look and you look and you look and you push and you push and you push and you can't find them. And you go, oh, to hell with it. And then you go, oh, there they are. And they're almost right in front of you sometimes, or sometimes, as as the saying goes, they're in the last place that you look. But the um, uh-huh. but the point is, is that the brain with the tip of the tongue phenomenon demonstrates that it goes on and works and looks for these connections long after you consciously go, okay, okay. So you want to learn how to direct your mind to to toward feelings and behaviors and things that change you, not toward answers. It doesn't if it, to say why am I success, successful is a good question, but it doesn't do much. Well, you're successful because of this, this, and this. And I, you know, you feel confident. But if you said how many different ways can I discover how successful I am in these given areas that I don't know yet, but if I did, would add you know all sorts of juice and jazz and goodness to my life. Then you're starting to explore realms that that you can begin to feel you know successful and move successfully and as opposed to just getting the answer well you're successful because you've made money or you're successful because you know you created a business you know so the answer is never as important if, you know it's the same thing as if i say how do i get to the top of mount everest they can say well you climb you do this you got the answer but it's not the same as doing it the answer doesn't get you there yeah. doing it gets you there so you know and and lastly, with that in mind, it's always important to have a destination, you know, that journey of a thousand miles. Right. But you could die before you get to the destination. So it's not the destination that's so important. It's how you get to the destination so that every day, every moment is magical and miraculous and magnificent and, you know, and memorable so that you're enjoying life while you move along. And then if you don't get to your destination, you're still having a great time. And if you do get to your destination, Voila, you know, you made it and you had a good time. Why suffer, fret, sacrifice, give up your leisure time, your family, your health and all that stuff only to get there and then go, you know what? This isn't that cool. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. There are a lot of people who acquire lots of stuff and they don't, They, I mean, I get called in by billionaires and millionaires all the time. And they go, look, I got everything I could ever want and what you could want and everything else that I'm suck. I'm unhappy. What's wrong? 
Well, you know, and it's interesting because in your in the next chapter you talk about the self-sabotage. And so, you know, it's interesting going back to values. So I, I coach doctors and I notice a lot of them, they're very, um, you know, structured and predictability, like those, those types of things are very important to them. And one of the women I remember I was talking to, I said, you're a planner. She goes, yes. She's like, I am a planner. Like she totally identified with that. But what would happen is when she would get stressed at work, she would eat off plan. <laughs> she would like throw it out the window. And I said, isn't that so interesting? You identify as a planner and that's like your superpower, but then you're throwing it away for food because you're stressed out. Yeah. And so, yeah. So talk, can you talk about the self-sabotage or you said it doesn't exist or. <laughs> well, you, you do what you've learned to do and you learn to do what you do in good times you know, you could call that you're anchored to it or it's a process. It's an automatic, reliable habit. Your brain can only do what it's learned to do. It can't do what it can't. It's like your computer can't do. Your computer can't fix your car. Uh -huh. If it's been programmed to do word processing, it's never going to be able to fix your car. Uh -huh. But it can do the word processing, you know. So depending on what your brain has learned to do is, is what you get back. And what a lot of people have learned to do is be very self-critical. Uh, they learn to feel bad around all sorts of different topics and situations and circumstances in their life. Um, in the old days, you know, a bear might chase them in the woods and they would be afraid. Now somebody raises an eyebrow and they go, oh, you know, that person's looking at me weird. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and they allow that to happen. So we've got these responses that we do in stress. And some of those are, are less inglorious responses. They are programmed responses that we learned when we were going through these at, for survival reasons, maybe, you know, or to distract us, because really you can only fight for light or freeze if, if it's a survival issue. Yeah. But if it's, but if it's, if it's a survival, if, you know, we think it's survival, but it's not, right. you know, it's, we, we, you know, we can deflect and we can distract and we can, you know, go in different directions. We don't, we don't necessarily follow through you know, to, to, to fight and flee or, you know, get to the other side. We just do something to avoid or to not notice what's going on. Um, and then we have successful, you know, uh, adaptive strategies and procedures and habits for when we're feeling good and everything else. So the brain can't do what it can't do. It can only do what it learned. And what happens is this. Our conscious mind is like the rudder on a gigantic ocean sailing vessel. The only thing the conscious mind really is useful for is, is thinking and setting directions, planning, remembering, recalling, you know, that kind of thing, and maybe organizing some data. Everything else the subconscious mind does. You can't, you can't pick up a glass of water consciously. You can intend to do it, yeah, but you can't consciously do it. I mean, you know, so the point is, is that the intention is set by the conscious mind. The, the, it is carried out by the subconscious mind. So, um, People need to have better sets of intentions, first off, you know, to, to, to say, I want to succeed, you know, here, as opposed to, I don't want to fail over there. You know, how you say things or what you're, what you're focused on is what you get. So you need to aim the brain in a positive and useful direction. Next, you got to stop the whole self-criticism thing. If the brain can only do what the brain does and you consciously go, I don't like that, that's not your brain trying to sabotage you. That's your brain fulfilling what it learned to do, given what you learned to do. Uh -huh. So it's working perfectly well, yeah. but the outcome is not one that you consciously want. Right. Gotcha. 
And instead of going, wow, I need to train myself to do something differently, they go, I sabotage myself and I don't know why. <laughs> and my brain doesn't help me do it. And so they, they just get more knotted up. Yeah. They, they get their panties in a bundle, as someone would say, or in a knot. And they just, uh, they're not able to move forward. What you need to do is, is stop all of that. Because stuck, what does stuck imply? It means not moving. Yeah. You know, you can be stuck in a car in the snow and spinning your tires or in the mud. And you can do everything you can to make the wheel move faster. You can be really productive. You can be really hard, you know, ever, and not get anywhere. A lot of activity doesn't mean that you're going to get anywhere. It has to make productive contact. Yeah. So in order to get stuck, sometimes people need to stop what they're doing and let go of all of the extraneous effort and the criticism and the bad feelings and everything else, and then shift toward what it is that they do want instead. Find that value, find that definite chief purpose, find that aim or that goal or that feeling or what's truly important to them and allows them to be drawn toward and move toward that. Because it's like I always say, it's dog crap or diamond. <laughs> and it's a choice and you have to make the choice. And a lot of people choose dog crap all the time. So you have to let go of the dog crap in order to not have dog crap. Because uh, if you see dog crap and you go, oh my God, there's dog crap. Let me wallow in it and step in it and smell <laughs> it and roll in it. You just get more dog crap. And yet that's what people do. And why do they do that? Because they learned to do that. That's what our conditioning process of growing up right. is our parents, our peers, our primary caregivers, the educational system, the media and everything instructs us to do is if you have a problem, feel really bad, feel hopeless and helpless, look around and see who might be able to help you if they can, instead of, you know, you know, you can do this, you got this, because why do they want that? Because if you're self, if you're a self starter, and you're in control of your own life, and you can do what you say you will do, like, I'm going to make money, I'm going to be free, I'm going to live on an island, I'm going to do, if you can do that, then you're not going to be a very good citizen. <laughs> or a member of society because you'll stop you'll start stepping out of the velvet rope that's what they fear but here's the thing if you really are a self-starter and you know this stuff you might be a better citizen because you can contribute more and right. the rules you understand is a game so you can follow them because it's a game not because you feel that they're imposed on you so you it's a matter of mindset it always comes back to mindset you know to tie into that with what you guys are talking about, I highlighted this one simple sentence. You talked about thinking. You can be think, 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 and you got it all worked out. But what you think about and feel strongly about, you bring about. And that's where the that's the big, the ace in the hole or the, the, the wild card there, so to speak, right? Because when you start mixing your emotions in with your thoughts, yeah. now you got to be careful. And that, that takes a... Tell, tell us more about that, because that takes a whole. Well, people, it's, it, here's here's the thing. How does that take? <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing. You know, if you want to manifest goodness, you you need to think positively and optimistically and feel good. And if you want to manifest crap, you need to think not so positively or less than gloriously or negatively, and feel less than good or less than glorious or or feel bad, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it, it sounds like that's something that people, you know, okay, so if I want to make this work, here's what I need to do. You're already doing it. When people go, damn it, where are my keys? They are responding angrily to a thought, and that's keeping them where they are. Mm -hmm. I'm such an idiot. That's an affirmation. Yeah. 
and it's done with powerful emotion. You can say, I'm such a brilliant thinker. I am free. I can create my goodness. I love life. I mean, you can, you know, it's just what you choose to put your energy into, dog crap or diamonds again. And most people, again, they, they're trained, conditioned, and, and out of habit, get angry and upset and frustrated about all sorts of things. And they continue to perpetuate all the stuff they don't want. And then they go, oh, but I'm going to start applying the law of attraction. And then they find that it's kind of uncomfortable because <laughs> it's not what they're used to. So it, it feels awkward and weird. And it's like dropping balls. And so after a while, they go, I've tried it. Uh, in fact, I've tried everything. Some people are so proud. They can't, nobody can try everything. I've not tried everything. Have you tried all the foods in the world that there are? No. Have you tried all the different forms of exercise? Have you, have you experienced all the different forms of money there is, currency? No. They'll go, I've tried everything to change. No, they haven't. They just think they have. It's like the person who says, I haven't slept in 20 years. Of course you have. <laughs> oh, stop being so dramatic. But, wait, <laughs> but, but this brings me up, you know, because you say, like, how can you transform yourself so you can enjoy the better things? And you say, see bad things as a blessing. Yeah. Negative feelings Huge. are blessings that help you turn your attention to the positive. Yep. Bad events help you focus your thoughts and beliefs. And I want you to talk about acting because I see that there's correlations with that, with acting. You know, you said you've played the villain, you've played murderers and a rapist, but then you've also played the good guy. So how do you navigate through that? Because I think that's really a powerful tool. Well, it's a great question. And, and I've never played the good guy as much as I played the bad guy. So, <laughs> but um, for most people, what happens is, is, is that they, they live from a set of experiences, memories, I mean, think about it. You don't remember everything that happened in life. You remember the ones that, that have high signal value, yeah. the good ones and the bad ones. And for some people, they live mostly from the bad ones and they drag those around and they remember those and they go, oh, I'm a survivor of this or I was that when I was a kid or I can't do. And they keep it alive. Yeah. But they want to be different. And they know that they that other people have been different, but they go, I can't be different. That Maybe they could, but I couldn't. Or people brag, you have no idea how screwed up I am. <laughs> you don't know what happened to me. I mean, you know, they take pride in this. It's, it's, they wear, you know, like a badge of honor. And the thing is, it's okay. But if you, if you really want to change, then realize that part of Henry Ford said, if you think you can, or you think you can't, yeah. you're correct. Yeah. But I like a, another quote of his even better than that. And that's, I never let what I cannot do prevent me from doing what I can. Yeah. And so when the Wright brothers were trying to fly or, you know, people were trying to unite the country through rail or the development of radio, for example, or, or telegraph or any of these things, you know, a, a lot of the experts of the day said, this is impossible. You know, even the steam engine was considered of the devil at one time. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's you, the resistance may come through experts, may come through friends, may come through media, may come through family, may even come through your own, you know, conditioned re reactions. Yeah. And what you have to do is be able to say, you know what, it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I'm going to continue to do it. And so if you believe something's a problem, as Henry Ford said, if you think you can or if you believe it's a problem, you're right. If you think it's not a problem, you're right. Now, 
if I believe, you know, and, and so people go, well, you know, I've, I've read in the Bible, if I say to the mountain, be thou removed, and then it shall be removed. And people think of it as, uh, as like, well, we're talking about a real mountain here. Maybe it's an allegory. Maybe they're saying that your problem that appears as a mountain, that right. if you decide I don't have that problem, or be gone, that, you're, that what you say is what you create. Because it says, ask, believing you shall have received and you will receive. It doesn't say beg and whine and complete and joel and do all these things until you get it. It says, ask, you know, believing that you have already received and you yeah. shall receive. And then it's, and then the promises of abundance are pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, that all this goodness, you know, if God cares for a sparrow, how much more will God care for you? Whether you believe in God or infinite intelligence or nothing, you know, I mean, because atheists, you know, have, have just as much access to the ability to do this as anyone else. It's not, it's not in the domain of religion for sure. So what you think, if it, you'll say, Hey, you know, think optimistically. People say, well, that's hard. I go, well, if that's the first thought you have, that's the first thought you need to change. That's the belief that it's difficult. So instead of thinking it's difficult, what else might you begin to do? You might begin to say, you know what? Things have been tough. And in my life, I've experienced tough things. And there are those things that I successfully got through. And maybe there are other things I haven't, but maybe I didn't try hard enough for those things. So maybe I need to find a way to understand that I can learn to do things that may first appear tough. And that it's about learning the process, not about it magically. You know, I mean, in other words, you might have to step by step that thousand mile journey. To, to get to it by understanding that you shift a belief or a value or an attitude or a thought, you know, gently by, by pointing out. Um, that may be too big of a, a leap, but, but I can get there. Muhammad Ali, and I, I read about this in the book, said, I didn't feel like training, you know, lots of times. I didn't want to go out and run behind a car when it was cold. Yeah. But I knew that if I wanted to be the world champion boxer, I had to do it in spite of how I felt. And a lot of people will say, well, I can't do that. It doesn't feel right. Well, for Muhammad Ali, he said, yeah, it didn't feel like training, but I still did it. You have to understand that you want your feelings to serve you. And if they're not serving you toward what it is you want to get, you have to train your feelings to serve you. You have to train your mindset. People think things should happen. It's kind of like if you want your car to go from your driveway to the store, you got to get in it with the keys, turn on the ignition, and drive your car. And now some are self-driving, but you have to drive it to the store. Uh -huh. And people expect this stuff to kind of just magically happen when they've never done any of it. You know, they've been practicing the dog crap all the time and they want diamonds and they find that diamonds like juggling is a little bit tough. They go, well, I, I, I'm not good enough. I'm never good enough. I can't do it. I have no experience in it. I'll never be able to. And they have all these limiting thoughts, which they then say, see, my brain is sabotaging me. Brain's just doing what it's do, been doing all along. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the famous saying is, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And by you guys ask great questions, by the way. <laughs> I want to say that, Dr. Z and, and Professor P. You know, you, you, you really, you know, you have some good questions here. So I hope that the audience is listening and, you know, and that they understand that there is, a, there is hope. That's why the book says start winning, because you can. You know, and if yeah. you realize you're winning yeah. all along, but you're either winning dog crap or you're winning diamonds, then... You know, develop, develop some good taste. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, did you have another? So I, I like the fact that you hit on visualization. I think that's really important. A lot of times what I'll do <clears throat> is when I'm talking with people or if I'm working with somebody, 
I'll be like, what's your two, five, 10? They're like, huh? Two, five, 10. What is that? You know? Yeah. You're two year, you're five year, you're 10. And if you're young, you're 20 or 30. <laughs> when you get a little older, it's like, man, I don't have that goal anymore. I'm going to be dead soon. <laughs> no, but I think it's so important. And Zelda and I have been doing this since we before, way before we started doing any coaching or anything, we talked about, I'm like, well, let's see where we're at in two years. And then let's think about where we're going to be at in five and 10. And I think it's so powerful. And talk about that. I want to tell you something that I used to talk about in the nineties. I, um, back in the seventies, actually, I, I found a pamphlet, you know, somewhere and I bought it and, and turned out to be a guy, his last name was or uh, Leonard or, and um, it was a book on immortality. And I Ooh. started to read it and I went, oh, this is horse crap, you know, and I threw it in a drawer. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, there are mystics walking around the world who are ancient, they're around forever, they're, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right, whatever, whatever. I don't want, I don't want anything that smacks of this kind of, you know, hocus pocus, you know, miraculous kind of stuff. I'm looking for stuff that's practical. Yeah. Well, years later, I, I was moving and I got the, found this thing and I, and I read it. And I, I don't remember, I mean, I can kind of get the gist of it, but it's the one thing that I remember more than anything else that stood out from this that, that transformed my thinking at the time was, he said, you know, some people fall out of an airplane. In fact, I had a friend who fell out of an airplane and survived. Wow. Mile in the sky, she hit the ground, parachute didn't open, and she lived. Wow. So, and, and walked away. I mean, she was in the hospital, but she, she didn't, you know. So, um, and other people walking through the living room trip over the carpet and die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they hit their head then. And the question that he asked was, what's a good height to die from? <laughs> and I went, oh my God. So I, I was investigating at the time, you know, teaching it in my NLP programs and mind design and all my programs we were talking because it was about the nature of beliefs and expectations. And, uh, a large portion of my work is the placebo effect, which is horribly under, misunderstood by people. They think in terms of the little pill being a placebo. It's not that. It's the power of the effect of your beliefs, you know, what you can cause yeah. or oh, what causes you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, when you think in terms of the law of thermodynamics, you know, or Newton, you know, there's an object at rest stays at rest unless it's acted upon by a greater or or equal or greater force. An object in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by an equal or greater force. And for every cause, there's an equal and opposite effect. Well, that tells you that if you're if you haven't done it and you're sitting there, there's a certain amount of inertia, and you have to overcome that inertia in order to be able to move forward in your life. That's just part of the process yeah. of transforming. And if you're moving really a lot and you're moving really fast and you're going towards your goal and things are working really well, then it's going to take an equal or opposite force to kind of get you to slow down or stop. On the other hand, if you're moving towards failure really rapidly, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to have to, to get your attention. It's going to have an equal or opposite force. So sometimes all this hardship that comes in life is a way of waking us up. It's a way of stopping us or getting us to pay attention to other things. It's really a blessing, not a curse. Yeah. We don't look at it that way because why? We're conditioned to look at it the other way. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there's also cause and effect. So for everything that's good, for every good cause, there may be an equal and opposite or not so good cause. And for every not so good cause, there might be an equal and opposite good cause or at least a, a different effect, you know. So something is always going to affect it. So if you become that cause mm. and start creating positively, you're going to start picking up more things positively, but you might also find some resistance, you know, from the other thing. And that's just going to be part of it. That's just part of it. 
So, so it's not about what happens in life, it's who you are in life. Mm -hmm. So if, if the resistance derails you, you need to transform yourself into the kind of person who doesn't get derailed by the resistance. You need to, you need to ignore to some extent, the circumstances, the events, the other people who would be detractors or naysayers or, or all of the woe-like stuff in order to stay focused on what's truly important to you and what you want to make happen. This is the Wright brothers' own dad said, you know, you guys are idiots. The whole town thinks you're stupid. What the heck? Give this a rest. You know, you're never going to do it. But they said, you know what? We've seen it. We, we know that this is possible. And so they kept doing it until they did it, even yeah. though the press didn't show up for them. Their dad was against. I mean, this is true in almost all of the innovation of the world. There has been huge bodies of resistance, no matter what it is. Yeah. And yet Gandhi was able to mobilize the entire Indian nation, you know, a couple hundred million people to bring the British Empire to their knees without ever firing a shot, without ever doing anything violently. Martin Luther King attempted the same thing. And, and unfortunately, like Gandhi, ended up being assassinated. You know, and we're still in that struggle because a lot of us think violence is the answer. You know, we, we, we right. don't have the same mindset that Gandhi or King did. So, you know, we're having some problems. But at any rate, they discovered back in the 90s that there were rats that they could keep alive for 12 years. <laughs> that, this sounds weird, but the equivalent of that was that a human living that long would live 100 or 200,000 years. Wow. wow. So this guy who was talking about longevity and immortality, who was an oddball weirdo, you know, it was like, you know, you could be alive for 100, 200,000 years. So I'd walk into workshops. I go, guess what? They have rats now that are living 12 years. That's the human equivalent of 100, 200,000 years. Who wants to live 100,000 years? I do. And hardly anyone would raise their hand. And I go, you can still live 100,000 years. I mean, imagine if you could go back 100,000 years, what you would see, 200,000 years. Go back, you know. And they go, no, you got to rest, I'm tired. I'm like, what kind of life are you living? Why do you assume? Am I 25 or am I 80? <laughs> well, I mean, well, right. But, you know, when you said, you know, if you're older, you, you know, 5, 10, 20 kind of thing, you know, what if you were older? You said, my, if you're 80 years old, and you say, my 50-year plan is this. Now, you may not make 50 years, but you know that old saying, better to aim at Pluto than at the moon? Because if you fall short of Pluto, yeah. you might get to say Saturn. You'll get further than you would have if you just aimed to the moon. So right. maybe, you know, even no matter how old you are, you have to have something to live for, something to go. And if you're interrupted yeah. along the way, you're interrupted along the way. But at least, again, how you journey is what's important. Now, yeah. I, I like this part here. You said when you think about it and you don't feel good or you're doubtful that you can make it happen, it only means your dream is too big for you to presently believe. You may need to make it a bit smaller. Yeah, good. To keep the big dream for the future. So I really, I love that that you said that. Um, you want to talk more about that? Well, think of think of it this way. Think in terms of a ladder. You know, your big goal is at the top of the ladder. So if you go, I want to be there, and when you think about that, you go, oh, but it's not likely. I, you know, I don't have, I don't. It doesn't feel good. Then come down a rung or two. Come down as far as you have to yeah. go. You go. I can do that. I can do that. I know I can do that. I will do that because if you know that you can, and you know that you will, and you actually do it, you're further again. You're you're taking the step toward that big goal. Yeah. So if it's too big and it scares you, just chunk it down a little bit. It's still it's still on the way to the big goal. Mm -hmm. You're still on. And, and what happens for a lot of people is that they 
they end up with one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat. <laughs> they, want to get in the boat they want to go to their destination, but they still have a foot on the dock and they go back and yeah. forth and back and forth, back and forth, and they never get anywhere. Right. Yeah. No. So you're better off committing fully to something that is smaller, but something that you can accomplish. Yeah. That is in the direction of where you want to end up. Then to in your mind, you can see yourself achieving. That's what's most important, right? Well, not only achieving it, but actually being there. You know, Neville Gardner said it most succinctly when he said, you have to live from the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And people say, well, what does that mean? That means if you, if tomorrow, if you wanted to win the lottery and tomorrow you won the lottery, what would that feel like? Yeah. You'd go, well, I would feel great. It would feel this. Guess what? If you won the lottery tomorrow, you wouldn't get the money for three months or six months or however yeah. long, but you know, you won it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's coming. It's not there yet. You can't spend it, <clears throat> you know? So, cause you haven't got the check yet, but you, it's yours. You know, how does that feel? You know, and that feeling, you know, I, I am this <laughs> See, where the thought grooves of today and so many of them are so wrong and they've been doing this for a long time is they go, just do what you have to do in order to get what you want so that you can become it. And everybody, Goddard and mystics from the past, myself, everybody, it's, it's be it, become it, live from the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Then you will do the right things, like chunk it back down, take the right steps or the right actions, direct your mind in a positive, powerful way to have the things that you want. But what yeah. do the thought leaders do? They show you and they show themselves in front of a jet. They show you in front of the, you know, in the hot tub on the back of the yacht, you know, and, or the sailing vessel. They show you, you know, in front of the mansion with, the, you know, the big cars. And they go, look at me. I got all these things. Don't you want this too? Well, if you work really hard and struggle and do this kind of stuff, then you can have that. And then you'll feel important. You'll be a millionaire. You'll be it's the delaying the, the delaying it in order for, of the pursuit and, and as asked backwards feel that you've arrived and then do yeah. the things to get you there. Yep. You can't feel like you arrived and then just sit back and do nothing. But right. if you feel like you have it, like I've won the lottery, this is incredible. I'm a lottery. You know, it's going to come. You can start to plan how you're going to spend that money, where you're going to put it at the charity you're going to have, who you're going to pay, what you're going to do. You, you would make plans. You would start to do things. You say, Oh, you start looking around maybe and go, Oh, that's the house I want, or this is the things I want. So you have to start from the premise of, I am everything I need in order to make a change. And if I don't feel like that, that's the first thought or the first things you need to start, you know, addressing. Because if you don't address them, those are the keeping you on the dock when you should be in the boat. Yeah. Well, wow. 40 some minutes. <laughs> right by everybody. So with that said, what, you know, I was thinking about as you were talking about that last part, who is this book? When you wrote this, when you sat down to write this book, who did you write this book for? And who are your people out there that can get the most? I mean, people like us, we're acolytes, right? I've been living this think and grow stuff since the 80s, and I love it. It's when I saw the way you wrote this book, wrote this book and the style you wrote it in, I'm like, holy cow, this is I can't wait to read this book because I just totally resonated. But I'm like way further down the field, right? So tell us about the people that you had in mind and wrap us up because we got to cut her short. We got to cut her okay. off in a few minutes. Well, and I invite people to go to rexsykes.com. And if they go to rexsykes.com, it's there under my name, forward slash book. They can get the book. But if they get the book and they come back to that website with their receipt code from 
Amazon, I'll give them a training. It's a four hundred ninety-seven oh, nice. wow. training called the Mastery Loop, which is how we master our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our finances, mm-hmm. our behaviors. You know, as as my gift for getting the book and putting. It. So if you don't have it, you need to go do it. Okay. Uh, it's it's mostly for the soft cover and the hardcover books, but but at any rate, the point is this. Um, I wrote the book for anyone who was like me, who at any point in their journey needed to understand how things work and that they could make a difference in their life and they could help not only themselves, but other people. You know, I, um, I have people who, who, you know, I mean, I've been teaching neurolinguistic programming for years. It's one of many things. The book is written, you know, using whole brain and accelerated learning techniques is a whole, approaches about it sounding conversational like I'm whispering in your ear there's peripheral learning devices in, in embedded in the book so that it, it mm-hmm. so that it can change you while reading it but it's really a, a book that I encourage people to study apply and reread and reread um, it's, it's, it's even designed to sometimes have a sentence or two that may be like what you have to go back and reread it again yeah. in order to make sense or you know what what so that you have to think about it you know it's designed to stop you and have you get pause in some ways so that so that you can understand what it is you're reading instead of just reading it like a menu and then going well I have that um Mm -hmm. so and that's what a lot of people do they look at a menu and go what can I afford you know yeah Yeah, what is it that I really want so (laughs) the book was written with anybody in mind the people I I have a the ultimate NLP home study course for example I certify you know and I train you know at all levels of an early wishy program and I have a, a basic, you know, the, the basics and beyond, which is powerful, powerful voice. And people who are master trainers and trainers get that program mm-hmm. because they know that they will learn from it because they didn't get some of that. Or even if they got it, they're going to they're gonna get more of it or they're going to hear it in a different way. So the book is written for, it sounds crazy to say, but it's really written for anyone and everyone who wants to claim their life back at whatever level you're at, whether you're advanced in the, in the thinking grow rich stuff or whether you're simply you know unaware of it or you're just coming to it for the very first time it was it was with that in mind that anybody could pick it up wherever they were and and gain great benefit from it yeah i totally agree with that because i went through reddit and i'm like oh yeah that's that's good refresher for me it it was a lot of what you've written in there i've heard a lot of that kind of stuff because i've been you know working with this type of self-help stuff for probably you know 30 years now or longer and i'm like oh yeah that's it's just it's great to hear it again over and over and over so yeah well and and, and, and that is truly the case you know it's, it's it's interesting like i said i'm doing this napoleon hill book study you know which i do and and people will read you know from week to week they read and i'll say how many did did the exercise that he told you yeah no no and they're like, what exercise? You read the chapter. Right? <laughs> there was an exercise. Supposed to go back. Yeah, how many of you read that paragraph? And then he says, go back and read that again. How many yeah. read that again? You know? And yeah. then I'll point something out and they go, wow, that's news to me. I'm going, you did read it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There's, there's the statement that you're, you know, the, 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 the master, the, the teacher, the guru, the lesson, the learning, uh, the teaching appears when the student is ready. And so whenever the yeah. student is ready yeah. and you're walking life, you know, there are things I still read, you know, all of Hill's work and, and other related stuff. I go, wow, that's such a cool sentence. I never thought about it that way before. Right. Yeah. You know, and I've been, I've been reading Hill for 50 some years. Wow. So, wow. you know, it is, it is, it is a powerful, you know, you, 
you can be exposed to the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and you don't see it until you see it you just don't notice it until you notice it you don't do it until you actually do it right. and by the way i want i do want to say this in closing action is no part of any secret action is is the least of what you need oh. what you need to do is is 99 mindset and one percent action yeah. and most people do all of the action and forget the mindset you know, they, they've got the equation reversed. When your right. mindset is right, then all of your actions can be right and they will be effective and powerful and produce the kinds of results you want. But if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't have the mindset of a carpenter, for example, you know, you can pound nails so you're blue in the face, but yeah. you may not be able to build a house. So it, when your head is right and your heart is right and that's line, then your behaviors yeah. will be right and you'll take the appropriate actions. Action is part of the equation, even in Think and Grow Rich. But he said it's Think and Grow Rich, not Work Hard and Grow Rich. Right, right. And if you think right, right then you'll do it. So okay, well, we're going to leave it there awesome. for today. Thank you so much. Rick. Thanks so You're a wonderful much. host. I enjoyed having you on. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. You're a wonderful host. You asked wonderful questions, and you, and you. you sat through my answers really with smiles on your face. So that's really cool. <laughs> nice, nice. I appreciate and it. as always. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Yeah, with thinking. And growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. With thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. I was thinking and growing. And learning and knowing and thinking and growing.